Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters to Go. We are the Satellite Sisters. Welcome to the show. It is Sunday, January 15th. Very exciting holiday weekend. I love these holiday weekends, three-day weekends that come up right after a major holiday. So they are only halfway through January and you still get another holiday. So those are my favorites. I'm, I'm Liz Dolan. I'm in Santa Monica, California, joined by my sister Julie Dolan in Dallas, Texas. Julie, how are you? Things are good here, Liz. I'm kind of in a little mourning because my beloved Saints uh, lost in the playoffs. So now it's just on to the guacamole at the Super Bowl because that's all I have to look forward to. Okay? (laughs) Okay. All right. I understand. I was thinking of you last night. Uh, Monica Dolan, you're in Portland, Oregon. How's everything up there? Good first snow of the year last night. Oh, really? Exciting. Actual snowflakes falling from the sky so we're supposed to have snow showers on and off for the next couple days very exciting yeah there has not been much snow anywhere here in the american west it's been tough on ski areas but actually kind of nice for just driving around i assume monica The uh, Hey, I wanted to start by just reminding people there are loads of ways you can listen to Satellite Sisters online now. So if you're struggling with one, just switch it up and try something else. So first of all, we have two new apps. We have an app for the iPhone, and we ha- have an app for the Android. And what's great about those is that you what it means is you have our entire audio archive right there on your phone, so you can listen to it anywhere you are. So all of the instructions about how to download those are on our website, SatelliteSisters.com. Obviously, if you're listening to the sound of my voice, you probably have figured out how to download it from the website, but maybe you haven't gone to the app yet. And so the Android app, you can get that either at the Android App Store, just under the name Satellite Sisters. Or if you're at Amazon, Amazon has its own Android App Store, and there too. You just go, and it's Satellite Sisters, and you download it, and bada-boom, there we are in your phone. For the iPhone app, you have to download a program called Podcast Box, and all of the instructions are there online. It's pretty simple, but we have gotten a little bit of feedback with some people that are having trouble with that. So, as an alternative for those of you that are having issues with Podcast Box, download something called Stitcher Radio, because that's another, it's the exact same thing. It's a way to have it on your phone. You can listen to all Satellite Sister shows that we've ever posted on Stitcher Radio, and as a special bonus, you can listen to all of our sister Leon's shows, Chaos Chronicles. She's also on Stitcher. So go try that if you're having any issues with either Android or iPhone, and it should solve whatever your problems are. And Stitcher is absolutely free. So there's another benefit of that to you, though not so much of a benefit to us. Uh, Anyway, so try Stitcher, (laughs) and then you can join our Facebook group, Uh, The Satellite Sisters on Facebook is where we post any news about new shows being posted or things that are generally going on. So check that out, The Satellite Sisters on Facebook. And then then also if you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at Sat Sisters, at Sat Sisters. And I tweet under the handle at SS Liz. So Satellite Sister Liz, I'm sure you can figure that out, not like Liz the big old boat. So at... uh, (laughs) At SS Liz. So there you have it. You got your iPhone app. You got your Android app. You got your Stitcher radio. You got your Facebook. You got your Twitter. And, of course, you can always just listen online at SatelliteSisters.com. So how about that? Liz, when you explain it, it makes it so easy. Okay? It's very simple. It's very straightforward. And I am sure that Satellite Sisters, wherever they are, can listen to you. Which is, Liz, why I am begging you. I am begging you. I, I, I want you to launch a new business. Oh, Monica, okay. Monica, here's my big idea. But I think Liz is the person to implement this. Is Okay, I'm shopping for a new computer. So I've been to the Apple store. And I had um, an interaction with an Apple. I don't know even know what you call those people that wear the T-shirts. And they've all got iPads and they've got the ones that are not quite geniuses they're not at the genius bar they're not at the genius bar they're roaming around and they're helping you and I'm trying to decide 
which um, which uh, uh, new computer that I want to buy. Uh, and you know, I have this sales. I'm going to call him a sales rep. I don't. I don't know that that's what Apple calls. <laughs> I think it's an associate or an something. associate, Monica. Thank you, thank you. And you know, he's really earnest, and he's young, and he's hip, and he's incredibly condescending. Okay, that's <laughs> really. Well, he doesn't mean to be, but look at me, okay? I am not young and hip, okay? And he's he's trying to relate to me, but I might as well be a Martian, okay? And he's kind of tilting his head, and he's talking in a soft tone, and he's trying not to get me rattled by talking about the different, you know, megabytes and memory and, you know, what you get and, blood and processors, and but I, I he knows... He knows that I'm not relating to him, and I know that I, I'm not, you know, that we're just not connecting. You're not connecting at the level at, at which you feel like you need to. I mean, to. I was trying to decide between an 11 and a 13-inch screen, for example, uh-huh. and he said, well, that's easy. He said, I went with the 11-inch screen because I ride my bike. I don't have a car, and it's so <laughs> easy. Okay. Right, Monica, you see what I mean? I do see what you mean. I mean, it's, it's great. I'm happy he's riding his bike. Okay, but... I don't. I don't. I, that's that's. Not you have a car. You're old, you're old enough to have your own car. Right. I think you should go for the bigger screen, Julie. Just put it in the back seat of your car. Right. I know. I was trying to. I was taking out, of course, Monica, my reading glasses, and I said, oh, yeah. I think I should go with the bigger screen because you know I don't want to squint." He didn't know what I was talking about because, of course, he does not wear reading glasses. So here's my big idea, Liz. Mm-hmm sort of chico the chicos of computers just <laughs> a store a haven a special spot in the world where women of a certain age who have purchasing power i may also add can go and that they can be with like-minded people people that are like wearing belts and pushing up sleeves and you know whatever it is you uh-huh. know just people our age so that you can talk to your peer about purchasing a computer. That right. I think it right. is that in, in an atmosphere that would be sort of safe and comforting. And maybe they do away with all of the actual, um, uh, you know, d- uh, description of the model, you know, using, you know, like processing speed. Okay, that doesn't really help. I mean, it's like Chico's. They don't really have your sizes. They have their own sizes. Yeah, they just go with one, two, three. Maybe that's yeah, what you that's, need. That's what I need. One, two, three. You know, that just... So that's my big idea, Liz. I, I think there really is a need for it because I think the gap between uh, between the sales associates at at Apple and the people who are purchasing um, purchasing some of these items it's just going to drive us farther apart. Right. So you're talking about just technology for middle aged women, right? Yes. That's overall because yes. you could do more than just computers in that environment. You if, certainly could. If like. you really establish yourself as the home for technology for middle aged women by middle aged women, where you just want to be certain, Julie, that no one who's waiting on you rode her bicycle to work. That's <laughs> what that's what I'm hearing. And I, I think I think you could be a hundred percent certain in any Chico store anywhere in America that nobody who's waiting on you rode. <laughs> Exactly. Bicycle to work. That is exactly, that is what I want, because I believe that that sales associate would understand my computing needs better than this very fine gentleman. Right. So that's and, my and you can kind of do what they do at Chico's, which is, you know, just have a few basic things and the sizes one, two, three, right? And then yeah. load you up with the the jewelry. So the <laughs> so you only have three or four computers, but then you have the computer cases and the iPad cases and the little purses you can put your computer in. That's where, you know, uh, that's where you also want some like-minded help. Yes, Liz, I, I, I knew you would embrace this idea. I mean, why isn't there a store like that? It's a really good idea because oh. when you, I mean, you go into the, whether it's an Apple store or a Best Buy or they just don't speak your language at all. Even if, and Julie, I got to say, you are more knowledgeable than many of your peers might be about computers because, I mean, we've been working on laptops and recording Satellite Sisters online and doing our own website and email and all of that for a long time. So it's not like you've been unplugged from this world at all. You right. have, you I, have... I mentioned I mentioned that I podcast. I think he almost fell over. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, really, his shorts, which, of course, I know he doesn't own a pair of long pants, the sales associate. His shorts almost <laughs> fell down when I said I was a good podcast. 
Okay. I just, I'm just saying that. Anyway, I, there's a big idea out there. Okay. I, I just wish that, you know, somebody would do it because I, I believe I, I, I would have purchased a computer this week had I not been so humiliated um, by, by the fine sales associate. So well, I still you know have- what, Anne, there's, there's nothing to say that our brand name wouldn't stretch to include this kind of business. Satellite Sisters stores? Why shouldn't we be selling computers and smartphones? Come on. Oh, hey, Liz. We're, we're, the, we're the Satellite Sisters. How about computer parties? <laughs> yes. You know, but- like they have those chef parties and Tupperware parties and makeup parties. How about computer parties? I like it, Monica. Just think about that. I do too, Monica. Great idea. Okay. Well, well, here's the other. Here's the, so I had kind of a depressing week on the on the computing front because because of this sales experience. But then here's the other totally alarming thing I read in the Wall Street Journal this weekend that I wanted to share with you, sisters. It was an article written by Holly Finn, and the gist of the article was that soon there is likely to be an actual numerical reputation score for each and every one of us, similar to a FICO or credit score. For a, a reputation score? A reputation score that would somehow compute that, but it would, it would really represent your whole life and how they're going to get to this. And this isn't that far out. There are companies that do that now, peer index, talent tag, um, yeah, I hear a- all those ads for reputation.com about how to clean up your reputation online. That's a whole business now, too. Right. But there's, there, is a, there is a company called Clout, K-L-O-U-T, and what it does is it uses some algorithm, and it's watching your behavior on Facebook, LinkedIn, your tweets, Google, wherever you're going, and it is compiling those into some kind of score scoring system to talk about your relative influence um in an online setting ah think oh. about that so well, you can- I, I hope my reputation score is higher than my fico score <laughs> <laughs> Monica, I would think your reputation score would be good because you spend most of your online time, like at Yelp, right? Places. I enjoy I enjoy Yelp.com. I don't contribute to it though, but I'm very careful about what I put on my Facebook page, and of course I don't tweet because I don't believe. You know, I just don't want to get into that. So I am very careful. I think well, you can see how companies would use this in the future. That was the premise of this article, that whether it be for to get a job, they might check your your reputation score online in the same way, you know, many companies now check your, you know, your credit score when you're applying for a job or perhaps for a home loan or, you know, membership in a club. I mean, are they going to be able to, do you think they'll be able to listen to old episodes of Lab Rats? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Monica. Okay. Okay, well, there uh, I, I could be in trouble, I think. No, Monica, I think that's when you and Sheila were really wielding your influence at, at its highest possible level. That's when you think about the impact Lab Rats had on several major product rollouts across the United States. I, I think that would actually get you some points in this reputational algorithm. I wouldn't, you know, don't sell yourself short. And Monica, I think the fact that you have befriended and taken in this wild cat and that, you know, I think that's going to boost your score, too. I mean, I just because cats seem to be very popular online, don't you think? <laughs> yes, they are. Lean, <laughs> uh, on the other hand, who is totally, con- you know, who's who's always critical of cats, I think her score may be affected by that. <laughs> All right. Speaking of Leon, it's funny you mentioned that and online reputation because yesterday morning I got up and I was checking my email and I looked at my Facebook account and there was a photo of Leon posted on my page. You know how now when someone tags a photo of you or someone who is one of your friends, it shows up on your own page? So this was one of those. Someone has tagged Leon Dolan and here's the latest picture of Leon Dolan online. Well, sisters, it wouldn't have taken anyone who has ever heard Leon or met Leon or been in proximity of Leon at all to realize this uh, topless photo... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> was, was not was not really Leon Dolan. So what it was was a a naked woman, and the shot was from say hip level to chin level, 
and she had her hands over her breasts, but you could mainly see the breasts. And it there was a message there about uh, a brand new nipple piercing that she had just gotten. And <laughs> I should laugh, but that's... And, and click through here if you'd like to get the rest of the information about my new body piercing. Well, you know, it was pretty clear to me immediately that uh, that Leon had been hacked, right? This was not really Leon Dolan. Uh, Liz, when I saw that, because uh, I saw it the very first thing yesterday morning, first picture that came up, and it said, Leon Dolan has been tagged in this photo. My first thought was, I don't think so. <laughs> I really don't think Leon was in this photo with this woman. So I immediately removed it from my page. You know how you can click on to delete it and report it as spam. So I did that. But then I also emailed Leon. And in the subject line, I put topless photo of you, question mark. And then in the text, I said, hey, it looks like your account has been hacked. I got this picture that it's very unlikely that it's really you, blah, blah, blah. Uh, And then like three hours later, I get an email back from Leon saying, I think you've been hacked in the subject line. And I, I open up the message and it says, I got a message from you this morning about a topless photo. So I knew that couldn't have been right. So I did not open the message because I think you have been hacked. So then I had to respond to her and say, no, no, you're the one who's been hacked, not me. You've been hacked. And so finally, by the end of the day, she figured out what I was trying to communicate. And, uh, and she posted a message on her Facebook page saying, Hey, sorry, as you might've figured out on your own, uh, the, the body piercing, the nipple piercing thing was not really me. And it has sparked, uh, a number of very funny responses on Leon's Facebook page. So if you haven't friended Leon Dolan on Facebook, today would be a really good day to do that because there's been a lively exchange about what people first thought when they, <laughs> when they saw the picture I mean, of Leon. One thing we should we should reiterate is we may be the uh, the last five women alive who don't have nude photos of ourselves. I don't think floating around on the internet mm-hmm. too, right? Yes. So one of the so, ones that really made me laugh is Corny Cole, who of course was our producer on Satellite Sisters for many years when we were on the radio. She, she just posted on Leon's page, "Hey, great abs." <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so uh, Leon was hacked, and we learned a little bit about reputation management right there. So there you have it. Okay, other major, major news story of yesterday, which was a stunning visual, almost as stunning as as Leon's uh, alleged nipple piercing, was that cruise ship, the Costa Concordia, that Mm. ran aground in Tuscany. Can you believe that story, sisters? Those that, photos of that ship, the mega ship laying on its side in the Italian waters is amazing. I mean, that is a nightmare come true. When you think, okay, here you're on a cruise of the Tuscan, you know, along the Tuscan coast. That sounds like a perfect thing. And now they don't even really know what the, what the boat ran into. I mean, at this point, they say it ran into something. They think it might be a wreath or, uh, or something, but they're not sure. And do you realize that that boat takes that same cruise 52 weeks a year? I know. They do that, they do that every single week. So, I mean, it wasn't like they were cruising around in Antarctica where, you know, or someone, you know, the North Pole or something where there would be icebergs. It wasn't exactly like the Titanic, but, and that there were 40 to uh, 200 people on that ship and you see it on its side and you wonder how did they all get off that ship? Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously not everybody did. Uh, three people are dead and somewhere between 50 to 60 people are mi- still unaccounted for. Well, it sort of reinforced all of my fear of cruise ships anyway, because when you see that 4,200 people were on board, it was like, I never want to be on a boat with 4,200 people on it. I don't even want to be in a hotel with 4,200 people in it. You know, that was just like, okay, that's a bad idea. And then as I was reading some of the first-person accounts this morning of the people that were safely evacuated, they said part of the problem, I think the cruise had just begun, so they hadn't even had the lifeboat drill yet, right? Oh. So nobody, so they hadn't even gotten to that. And that when it's all hands on deck like that, the pilots of the lifeboats aren't actually like the sailors who are responsible for the boat. It's the waiters from the dining room 
who are the pilots of the lifeboats. No, they, they said the crew was not trained in any emergency evacuations. I mean that's really un- I do not want I, I, I love it- I love Italian waiters. I think Italian waiters are great waiters. <laughs> but I'm not sure I want to put my life in their hands in this kind of a situation. It just looks awful. And- I mean I never really believed the whole lifeboat scheme to begin with. I mean cuz they're small boats, you know, you have to be lowered a great distance. I never really understood you know, I just never in the movies or in real life. It doesn't really look like that works. Like it ever works, right? And even if you do the drills, there—I mean, the drills—you don't actually—they don't lower you into the water on those in the right. drills. Right. No, so it's it's not really a full safety drill. Yes. And in the drill, obviously, the boat is upright, and what we have here is a situation where the boat is listing way over on its side. So you can imagine just the the geometry of trying to get the lifeboats to go down when the boat is tipping over, that's dramatically altered in this scenario. So yeah. the what's so funny to me, though, or not funny, because obviously this is tragic and people lost their life, but all week this week, one of the things I've been working on, you know, I'm in the television marketing business, and the main channel I work on marketing is the National Geographic channel. And this week, all week, there's been an event going on in Pasadena that's called the Television Critics Association, where all the TV critics sit in the Langham Hotel in Pasadena for 10 days, and all the various networks roll through and do presentations for them about their important new shows coming in the spring. So on Friday... Uh, it was National Geographic Channel's day to show the critics some of the new shows. And what we have coming in April for National Geographic are two big specials about the 100th anniversary of the sinking of the Titanic. So yeah. so all this week I've been looking at all of this footage of the Titanic underwater or sort of CSI-like recreations about how the boat broke open or what they know now that they didn't know a year ago. So I have been reliving a little bit the whole Titanic thing or the sinking of a major uh, ocean-going vessel all week. And as I walked out of the presentation on Friday, you're actually kind of assuming like, well, thank God that can't happen anymore. You know, we're never going to see that again in our lifetime. And then to like turn on the news yesterday morning, open the paper and see this thing like not only laying on its side, but laying on its side in like walking distance to the shore, you know? Like, like you could literally almost reach out and touch it from this rock outcropping. So, yeah. Mm. I, and, I, but, but they have put the captain of the ship, uh, they are you know, detaining him because he abandoned ship. Right. How about that? Yeah. Okay. That's, yeah. I, mm, right. Francesco Schettino is his name. I made a note of that. So in the event that I ever do find myself on a boat, I will be inquiring who's at the helm. Uh, and if it's Francesco Schettino, I think I will be, um, I don't know, unboarding or whatever they call it in nautical language. Because it did seem like a Titanic moment, Liz. I mean, that the moment that the boat really started to turn on its side, everyone had just sat down for to dinner. dinner. Right. So yeah, it's, you, you just can't imagine it happens in real life. I, you've, you've seen I, I, I read I read a quote from one guy who was on his honeymoon and his bride had to really convince him to go on this cruise. He said, hey, it's safe to say that is my first and last cruise <laughs> that I, I'm never getting on a boat again. Oh, anyway. OK, well, switching gears. Um, As long as I was at the Television Critics Association thing on and off all week, I thought I'd share a few of the cool people that I saw with you guys. Because here's the way it works. The Langham Hotel has several ballrooms in it. And what happens is you as a TV network, you get the ballroom for like the whole morning or the whole afternoon or for two hours or whatever. And you just roll in the cast and the creators of your various shows. And the critics just sit in the audience and they've already seen your premiere episode. And they just fire questions at at the cast and the executive producers and all of that. So if you're hanging out there killing a little time the way I was uh, this week, you learn to figure out like what's who's in what ballroom and then park yourself outside the ballroom of the more interesting networks because you're likely to see much more interesting people going in and out. So Friday, as I was waiting for National Geographic's turn, 
in another ballroom. It was HBO morning. So that oh, was fun. Well, good, good channel. Good yes, yes. That, that is a good one. So I'm sitting there and kind of minding my own business, answering a little email, but every once in a while looking up and who comes walking by, but Nicole Kidman and Clive Owen. Wow! Did you know they're do they did a uh, an HBO movie or miniseries? I can't remember which. It's called Hemingway and Gellhorn, and it's about Ernest, Ernest Hemingway's relationship with Martha Gellhorn, who was one of the few female war correspondents in that era. So obviously Nicole plays Martha Gellhorn, and just for the record, she's about a foot taller than Clive Owen, but they both look fabulous. I mean, a A listers, Liz. Yeah, totally. And would Clive Owen be playing Hemingway? Way? Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. Just that seems like a good choice to me. I mm-hmm. I love Clive Owen, and I think part of the reason Nicole was a full foot taller is she's five eleven or something. Sheila informed me because of course Sheila knows stats yeah. like that. But <laughs> she she also had on super tall shoes, and she just looked like a matchstick. She's like the skinniest, palest little thing ever, but teetering on top of these extremely tall shoes. So that was interesting to see them blow by, and then Dustin. Hoffman came by because oh. he has a new show on HBO called Luck. I don't know if you've seen any of the ads for that. It all takes I've seen the promos for yeah, that. Yeah. It looks interesting. It all takes place at a racetrack, and that is by uh, Michael Mann and David Milch. So people are like very excited about that combo. And then I saw Julianne Moore because they had just finished the presentation on the show Game Change, which was about the 2008 election, and Julianne Moore is playing Sarah Palin in that show in that movie so i mean that's that's as good as the oscars liz yeah julia i can't understand why more people don't just like fake their way into the langham hotel for there are there are paparazzi outside and but they're kind of in a pen but you could if you look like a normal person like me you could just walk in and sit down you can't get into the room where the stars are actually talking but you can be in the rooms where they're sort of hanging out or walking by so i don't know fy I, I just, hey, maybe you could take one of your sisters next year. Yes, <laughs> as your assistant. Okay, all right. That would make you. It would add to your reputation to have your assistant <laughs> answering your emails, Liz. Well, you'll know that I do like to text Sheila when I see major stars. So oh, you must have been very busy. Then. So I texted her about Clive Owen and Nicole Kidman, and about Julianne Moore, and about Dustin Hoffman, and then my final text of the day to Sheila is that in one of the national. Geographic Channel presentations, the executive producer of the show, which is a show about gypsies in America, is actually Ralph Macchio. And so I thought Sheila would enjoy... Really? The Karate Kid? The Karate Kid is now executive producer of a TV show, Julie. And I had a chance to chat with him, and he seems like a very nice person. So I was always rooting for him on Dancing with the Stars. I thought he he did a great job. Yes. One other TV thing I want to ask you about, Monica, because I was just laughing out loud on Friday night watching the latest episode of the show Portlandia on the Independent Film Channel. I mean... I know we've talked about it before, but in Friday night's episode, which is episode two of the new season, if you would like to, you can, oh, this part of it is on YouTube. I checked. They have in Portland, which is totally believable as a premise, the Allergy Pride Parade. It's so funny. And, you know, that's so funny you mentioned that because we were talking about it the other day at work, how much we love Portlandia. So, yes, it's true. People from Portland love Portlandia. That my friend Anne was like, we could totally have an allergy pride parade here like at any minute she said that 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 could totally happen next weekend uh, yes uh, it's just it really i mean the show is sketch comedy and some of the sketches are better than others but but the overall vibe of it is really really funny julie if you haven't seen it i think you would get a kick out of it just set your dvr it comes on like friday nights at 10 o'clock but um i actually have gotten into the habit of kind of watching it on saturday afternoon when i'm just trying to okay. enjoy So myself. you don't have to live in Portland to appreciate the show. Well, 
No, I, I visit, but I know I know enough about Portland, having visited you all, you know, over the years. And I think you would get the jokes. I think okay. you would enjoy it. I, think- I, I also think, though, too, Julie, you've been to Brooklyn, where your son and his hipster friends live. Yes. And this is just, it's just that culture. It could be Brooklyn. It could be Austin, Texas. It could be Portland, Oregon. I mean, it's specifically Portland. So if you're a Portlander, like I was and Monica is, you recognize all the places and things. But the overall point of view about the world, you have encountered this in other places in the world. Okay. Right? And that's, All right. what, that's what makes it so entertaining. It's people that take their beliefs, whatever they are, allergy, pride, they just take it to the next level. You know, <laughs> it's like they don't want to just think about raising chickens in the backyard. They want chickens in their backyard. You know, they just, they, people in Portland, they just, they go all the way. They take it to the next level. You know, right. it's like the guy who has a coffee roaster, coffee roasting business. So like, I don't know where he gets the coffee, but roasting coffees, but it's powered by a bicycle. You know, it's just like, <laughs> It's just the next <laughs> of course, yes, is what I love. And I'm sure he bought the MacBook Air as well to put in oh, his. I'm sure he has one and a, and a special, you know, bag to go in. Speaking of which, um, I don't want to sound like Sheila, but I had a little moment at my front door yesterday, and I wondered whether I was actually in an episode of Portlandia for a minute, Liz. Really? So here, what happened? Here's what happened. So we're having a uh, special general election here for to elect a new congressman in my district because our old congressman was David Wu and he had some troubles last year. You may have heard. Yes. Uh, he, he had a few troubles and so he ended up resigning. So in, in Portland, of course, we're able to vote by mail, you know, because that's eco friendly. Um, so we, we got our ballot in the mail and last week and it was on my kitchen table and I already know who I'm going to vote for. And a guy, knock, a nice guy, knocks on my door. Nice young man. Saturday afternoon. Hey, how you doing? He said, "I want to know if you're planning to vote." And I said, "Yes, I am." As a matter of fact, I have my ballot right here. He said, "Well, are you going to vote for?" And he said the name of his candidate. I said, "Yes, I am planning to vote for her." He said, "Well, if you like, I can take the ballot for you." Oh. And, and he was wearing like. Uh, this jumpsuit. <laughs> I don't even know how. It was like a Carhartt jumpsuit. And he had this messenger bag. You know, he's about 20 years old. He goes, okay. well, you know, we just like to get the votes in as soon as possible. So I can take your ballot for you. And I was like, really? I just. Now, Monica, did he, was he riding a bicycle? Did he come on? <laughs> uh, oh, no, he was on foot. I, I just, on foot. Okay. I, just, I had to step back. I, I said, I just got really, really suspicious for a minute. I think with good reason. Who does that? That, uh, had, that does not seem right. I think your instincts were totally right, Monica. Good. He had no badge. I said, you know, i just rather drop it in the ballot box. You know, there's one on my way to work. Or I could put it in the mail. He said, well, are you sure you're going to do that? Because it'd be really easy for me to take it from for you. And I said, I don't want you to take it for me. I just, so I, I, I bid him farewell. And he got on his iPhone and he registered whatever it is I said. And then was off on his way. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that seems sort of semi-illegal, Monica. Because it seems like you're tampering with the voting process by... I mean, it's between exactly. the voters. I, I didn't even know who he was. I think you should report him to the election bureau. I don't think, I mean, I know everybody in Oregon is really nice. And that's right. really and of helpful. He, he was super friendly and I was super friendly to him. And, you know, I'm all about any messages for get out the vote. You know, I appreciate his efforts, but I'm just not going to give a stranger my ballot. That you shouldn't. I think that was, I, and I think you should report that to the election committee because that, it just seems irregular that, that it, you'd have an intermediary taking those ballots. He, he's not, he's not, he's not, is, was he a post office official? No, he's not a mailman. I no, mean, okay. He just was like a guy in a Carhartt jumpsuit with the. <laughs> and the jumpsuit, that's totally cool. okay. so- so yeah, the jumpsuit is a red flag for sure. <laughs> so so thank you, Julie. And then afterwards, I was like, "Was that Portlandia? Was that 
an I episode can see of- why you'd think that. I mean, what if he what if he was working for the, an opposition candidate? What if exactly. in fact he was trying to steal your ballot? And, uh, and disrupt uh, the voting process, Monica. Yeah, because the thing about the vote by mail in Oregon, it's not that you can vote by mail. It's that you must vote by mail, right? But you, I mean, you, it's 100% vote by mail. There are no polling places to go to. Correct. So, there are so, no polling places. You can drop your ballot off at a drop box. But it's like a mailbox, a secure mailbox that you drop it off at. Okay, right. so it's not, like, it's not like you're going to occasionally find someone who's going to fill out an absentee ballot. All citizens must vote by mail. So this guy walking up and down the street could collect quite a few ballots if, you, if people fell for that routine. That is mm, very unusual. Oh, sorry, I got a little page there. Yeah, so, uh, um, yeah. Uh, okay. Anyways, I'm still thinking about that. It was just uh, something about it just wasn't right, even yeah, though I, he was very I, pleasant. <laughs> I think you should report it, Monica. I really do, because really? I think if there's that. What was he registering on his little iPhone there? I don't know. I, I hate to say this, but last week's episode of Portlandia, they actually had this scenario where a young, a clean-cut young man comes up to a door, and they're talking to... Um, I think Carrie answers the door, and he's collecting money for some kind of saved whales situation. Mm-hmm. And she she declined. She said, "I would probably take your written materials on this, but I need to think about it, and uh, and I'll make my contribution later." So he goes away. But then, mere moments later, the doorbell rings, and it's that kid's parents saying, "How come you didn't?" give our son the money you know he kind of it's damaged his self-esteem and they get into this whole thing about it's sort of it was sort of the helicopter parents thing so it was hilarious but it was it was all about the constant doorbell ringing that one encounters in portland <laughs> yes. oregon anyway there's yes. a lot of that exactly yes it happens all the time Whew. okay yeah. um on to something later so you know, Liz, we spent uh, New Year's holiday together, and I remember we were sitting around reading the paper, and I saw just some little snippet online, and it was your uh, 2012 New Year's pet resolution. So someone had written this little piece, and I was going, I was going down the list, and one of them said, play with your cat for five minutes a day. And yes. I thought that sounded really stupid, So I mean... Five minutes a day, that's nothing. Who who can't play with their cat for five minutes a day? But I made it one of my resolutions, um, and I bought Kitty. You know, I have this stray cat that lives in the garage, so I bought a little cat comb. Oh. (laughs) Not a catacomb, but a cat comb. So I've been (laughs) combing Kitty, and that's the best I can do to play with her. But every day I remember to give Kitty at least five minutes of love. But I give her a lot more love than that. That, sure. Well, that's very nice because just to get back to the allergy pride thing, you are highly allergic to cats. So the fact, I, that, the fact that you are taking such good care of Kitty really shows a level of commitment to, the, to Kitty, Monica. That's very nice. Monica, I, I'm, I'm just wondering yeah. if you had an extender on the cat comb. I mean, because <laughs> I was I'm just really, envisioning you, you're not really able to get close to the Kitty because of your allergies. So is there some stick no, I, you have the comb on, have a gadget? No, I, I pet Kitty all the time. And now I try to go beyond just the five minutes a day. No, I pet her all the time. I just wash my hands frequently. But we have a lot of fun. But, you know, I think Kitty amuses herself. I really don't think I need to get toys for Kitty. She has plenty of stuff outside she can play with, sticks. And I don't know, she can chase birds if she wants to. Or sometimes she climbs halfway up the tree to show off for me and run around in the backyard. So I did have to laugh when I read the story in the New York Times. And it was about, uh, apparently this is a new trend, walking your cat on a leash. Really? (laughs) Yes. Come on. It was an article about the benefits of walking your cat on a leash, and I guess it can be done. Now, it was geared toward, I guess, there's a show on the animal planet about this. There's some cat whisperer, cat behavioralist, who highly recommends people that have uh, indoor cats or cats that live in apartments that they need to get out and experience nature and they need to get exercise so you can train your cat to walk on a leash which just it always looks so stupid when i see it i mean i if if anyone out there does walk their cat on a leash i'd just like to know about it because um i just 
I don't think that's what Kitty needs. Uh, I, I, yeah, it just does not seem like it would be that enjoyable for the cat. Maybe, I mean, I'm not saying I understand cats and what's important to them, but uh, it just doesn't seem to bring out the best in a cat. No, because they're tethered to a leash. Yeah. You know, they can't run around or they can't chase things. And they can't get away from, like, a dog or, you know, a car. Um, but I was just, apparently, I was reading all the comments on this article, quite a few people have trained their cat to walk on a leash. And they say the cats enjoy it, especially nighttime strolls. Oh. <laughs> well, isn't that, see, because we had a cat for a while uh, growing up. But we tried to train that cat, but it was more dragging the cat around. We didn't, I mean, we never really achieved the walking thing. I think that might be very difficult to teach your cat to walk. Well, I, I think we all, we tried to drag that cat around because my, our parents wouldn't let us have a dog. <laughs> yeah. We were just like, death. we were treating us. See, well, that's what, it, it, precisely my point, Monica, that I think this is, sounds like you're trying to treat cats like dogs. Cats like to run up trees. Okay. That's what they should do. You, you're letting kitty be kitty i think that's why your relationship works so well okay right, but, but if, i think if kitty if kitty did live in an apartment and a small studio apartment and never got to get out i can see how this walking your cat on a leash might be enjoyable now some tips from the article in case you're considering it you need a harness okay you need like an actual little like jacket harness thing you can't you can't just ding, ding, ding. the price of this is already going up okay you just can't attach the leash to the collar because then i think you have the dragging effect then you can't get a choke chain because that's <laughs> no then they said try to make sure your cat is hungry because you can train them using just like you train a dog using treats i don't know cats are pretty picky eaters i don't know if that's gonna work um they enjoy nighttime walks, and one woman wrote, don't try to t- walk more than one cat at a time. Wow. picturing those dog walkers in New York, and you know, you've seen pictures of them where they have like six or seven dogs uh, at one time. You just imagine that with cats. It's just too funny. Oh. Oh, well, you you know, it's interesting. I've been thinking about the the dog walking part of it because for the new year, I have never done this before. I am part of an online fitness challenge. Yes, me too, Liz. You are? Yes. Yes. Okay, I got talked into this by my friend Rosemary. And she is using, you know, the Nike Plus software where you can have the sensor in your shoe and it measures what your mileage is and your pace is. I've never used any of that because I just, you know, like my pace, it's slow. I like how much, how slow can you go? That's how slow I go. So, but she sent out an email to a bunch of friends on the 1st of January saying, okay, let's, anyone who wants into the group, all we're going to do is measure total mileage over the first 90 days of the year so walking running we don't care what you're doing just total mileage everyone throws 25 bucks into the pot and then the top three um people at the end of 90 days they split all the money so So, uh, do you have to send your shoes into rosemary who's gonna how are you gonna tally this or is it just on the honor system no no it no it it automatically works it's it's a sensor in your shoe julie so that you so she registers the group online at nike plus and she oh so we have our own challenge name and the computer keeps track of all of our mileage so when i come in at the end of a walk or a run all i do is hit my it's all on my iphone and i I just hit the the sensor the button that says sync up and it reports my mileage for that walk or run to our hub online and so i can see there were there were 25 friends that signed up for this and i can see where everyone is and where i rank and it's actually much more motivating than I thought it would be. Well, I'm sure it's it's becoming competitive. Oh, oh, like, well, you know, you know, Rosemary, right? Is, crazy competitive, and yes. so that's not a bad thing to yes. get out there. Yes, <laughs> I know that there's very little chance I will land in the top three because number one, since the day we started, Rosemary's oldest brother played in the NFL, and so he's. He, not surprisingly, he's actually leading this whole thing. 
And uh, so no matter what, we're all jockeying for position underneath Stan. But Stan is always number one. So you can't uh, – I have no chance of being number one. And then right now, number two and number three are other members of Stan's family. So, okay, that doesn't count either. His wife, his daughter. So I'm in the middle of the pack the whole time. So even though there's no chance I'm going to win the money, I'm actually – I feel like within my little group – it is competitive in kind of a good way. We're always just like one or two miles off each other over the course of a week. So it's only what? The 15th of January. And I have already done 58 miles. Wow. Or if you wear your shoes to work, you I could know. Have, yeah, you could, you could get a lot more. You could get a lot more mileage in. You, you could totally do that. I don't think that would be appropriate where I work. <laughs> but but half of these people, you know, Rosemary actually works at Nike, so she could be doing that. You know, yes. if a, a lot of these people are actually wearing their sneakers to work every day, and every mile they walk at work is counting. Uh, but no, I believe everyone is legit, and it's just over ninety days, and we'll just see who wins. But I'm actually kind of enjoying it. Monica, what is your challenge? Uh, well, at work. Um, let's see, we have this new program where starting next year, you're going to get a discount on your health insurance if you do certain things. You have to have a yearly physical. You have to join Weight Watchers, which uh, the hospital will now pay for. Isn't you that have, great? You, yep. You have to go to a smoking cessation program, or they have this thing called healthy steps. So that's this online sort of activity tracker and you have to accrue like 1200 points over the year. Otherwise, otherwise your health insurance is going to cost more next year. So I signed up, of course, for the healthy steps. Um, and so you track your activity online. It really started to encourage people to do more walking and running and they want you to sort of register for sanctioned walks and runs and you get but they also have like a self-reported workout but you can also get points for doing other things like donating blood which i did last weekend 25 points cha-ching so a bunch of us signed up at work and it's also starting to become a little bit competitive so you get 10 points if you do a work any workout so i've started i'm back swimming again so i log in my swims like three or four times a week but it is self-reported so i could just go to the gym and sit in the sauna But in the future, they're gonna they're gonna uh, link, you know, because the gym is at work. They're gonna link your card directly to your Healthy Steps program. So you're gonna get like ten points every time you sign into the gym. Mm-hmm. But I'm a little confused about when I looked at like the scale of points that you get. You get twenty five points for giving blood, blah blah blah. You can also just volunteer because they said that's. I guess, a healthy thing to do. Um, So you get 10 points for this self-reported 30-minute workout, but you only get 200 points if you do an Ironman. (laughs) I was like, if you do an Ironman, you should get like 40,000 points. But you can, like, really ruin yourself if you do an Iron Man. Maybe that's what they're considering, that you could, like, you'll then have to have knee surgery or no, something. No, I mean, it's just, like, the scale is out of whack. I think it's 100 points for a marathon. Meanwhile, it's 10 points if I just go sit in the sauna. Anyways, I, um, it's very, everyone at work is doing it, and people are talking about it, and I think, you know, that's the point. I think people like to do things online. And I think it may be starting to get a little bit competitive. Of course, if you ride your bike to work, which most people do where I work, you get 10 points a day. So I'm sure, I, you know, I'm going to reach that 1,200 points. But it does keep me sort of motivated to try to go to the gym. And that's yeah, because you have a, now you have a monetary incentive. That's great. Yeah. yeah, I've also noticed that, like, I'll, I try to do something in the morning before I go to work, like a, a run or a walk with my dog or a workout with a trainer. But now I'm motivated for the two-a-days. So when I would previously Ooh, get, tipping, yes, right? when I would get home from work before, I would have to take Ferris out, you know, at 7 o'clock at night. You go, I would just kind of walk him around the block or two blocks, whatever. Uh, but now I'm doing another, like, three miles in the evening in addition to whatever I was doing in the morning. Liz, <laughs> you're so competitive. There you go. 
<laughs> I, I think Ferris cannot understand what is happening. He, he was just exhausted this morning on our little run through the neighborhood. He was like, what is happening here? I'm used to just like sniffing and stopping. And I'm like, no, come on. We got, but but th- actually the good thing that I like about this particular challenge, because pace has nothing to do with it, yeah. but- you, you do get the points for just going out for a nice long walk around your neighborhood with your dog. It previously anything like this I was ever involved in, you kind of felt like you had to be running and it was more competitive on that level. This is just straight mileage. That's it. Total at the end of 90 days. Now, Stan, who's going to win anyway, he asked if he could get miles for uh, what he rode on his bike. So no, no, that, that, that is, you cannot (laughs) compare a biking mile to a running or walking mile. But anyway, you're, you're in the shoes, the shoes don't lie. And I'm finding it actually uh, very motivating and a lot of fun because I can, like, as I sync up, then I get my standings every morning or every mm-hmm. night. And it's just enough to keep you when mm-hmm. you get, when you get home from work at night to say, Oh, look, I'm only, you know, two miles behind Lori. I could go knock that off right now before, <laughs> before dinner. And, and that's what I've been doing now. And I think that 30 days is too short a time and 90 days. is just a good amount of time. So it might actually, you know, you'd settle into a real rhythm in your life instead of going all out for 30 days and then, and then just collecting the cash or not and moving on with your life. So, uh, other than the impact it's having on my dog, uh, I think it's been good. It's but all it's- going into your reputation score, your online reputation yes, score. Yes, I think my healthy steps total will be in my re- reputation score. <laughs> that would be really scary. That is, that, <laughs> well, okay. it is. It's not that hard to think. I mean, because if they're just monitoring online activity, you're doing it all of this online. So, there you have it. There you have it. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to have to wrap up this week's show. Uh, speaking of allergy pride, Leanne did have a wicked head cold this morning, which is why she was not able to participate. Uh, we're hoping we'll have her next weekend. And Sheila has also uh, logged in for next weekend. Uh, so that will be fun. Otherwise, do you guys have – is everyone watching the Golden Globes tonight? Oh, yes. Oh, absolutely. You know, I'm watching the Golden Globes and – I'm going to remember back in the day when we would perform at the Uncabaret here in L.A. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. the the Uncabaret has been sort of like off duty for the last two years. But Beth Lapidus, who is the host of it, is reviving it, relaunching it at a new club. And tonight is the first performance uh, of the newfangled Uncabaret. So, uh, so I'm going to support the whole effort. I will be in the audience at the Uncabaret tonight. And then I'll come home and I'll watch the, uh, the, the TVOD Golden Globes. So, you know. That just Sounds like a night. A lot, a lot of entertainment. All right, sisters, have a good week. Hey, you too. Remember, you can listen to us in all kinds of places, iPhone, Android, Stitcher Radio, or just online at SatelliteSisters.com. So we're the Satellite Sisters. Don't forget, call your Satellite Sisters.